The following is brought to you by Thrive, the end-to-end client experience platform that helps you get the job, manage the job, and get credit. Welcome to Winning on Main Street. My name is Gordon Henry, and thanks for joining us. At Winning on Main Street, we speak almost every week with great entrepreneurs whose businesses help power the American economy. But today we have something special and a little different. We're speaking with a renowned expert on small business, Gene Marks, and we're discussing a topic on everybody's mind, how are America's businesses, and particularly our small businesses, dealing with coronavirus. Gene is an expert on small business nationally. He's a columnist, author, TV news personality. He writes and speaks for publications such as The Hill, The Philadelphia Inquirer, Entrepreneur, Forbes, Fox Business. He's written columns for The Washington Post and The New York Times. And today he's speaking uh, with us from his home base of Philadelphia. We were actually planning on doing this session live in the studio, but now given the coronavirus crisis, we're actually sheltering in place ourselves and doing this from our home office. So with that, welcome, Gene. Thank you, Gordon. Sheltering and shivering, right? Powering, <laughs> free to go outside. <laughs> Yeah, it's really a change. So yeah, it really is. So Gene, uh, first, I thought let's just talk a little bit about you. You're a, a business person yourself. You have, uh, I think, a team of about ten people. How, how are you doing? Uh, how, uh, hunkered down in your office? It's a it's a really good question. I mean, um, I can tell you this much. I'm so gorgeous. Like I'm in my mid fifties now. I'm fifty five years old, and so I I lived and have very vivid memories of the two thousand and nine recession. And um, you know, one thing I can tell you is that. What we're going through right now, and we will have a recession. I mean, it's it's going to be inevitable because of this uh, pandemic. Um, it is very different uh, than it was back in 2009, and a very different impact on my business. Now, my business, I have 10 employees. Um, we're a virtual company, so mm. we're already used to working from home. That's what everybody's been doing anyway, mm. uh, which has always been that's been a good thing for us. But then again. We're also like the world's most dysfunctional company because we like barely see each other as a group. You know, like maybe once a year uh, we get together. So it's got its pros and its cons, but we've all been set up to do it this way anyway. Mm. Um, our clients, we sell uh, CRM systems, you know, like software, Salesforce, and Microsoft Dynamics and Zoho and things like that. So our clients are all spread out. We do the work remotely. Right now our projects are going on, but I can tell you this much as I'm, you know, talking to prospective clients and prospective projects, everybody's on hold right now. You know, everybody's like, yeah, let's wait and see how things are going to kind of shake out. But the vibe and the response that I get from people um, are still different than they were 10 years ago because, um, you know, yeah, we're going to have a recession. And yeah, this is not, this is going to be bad. It's, it's bad right now. And a lot of people are unemployed and a lot of businesses, small businesses are, are, are really being affected here. But different than 2009, Gordon, I don't know if you see the same thing. Like, it like there, we do see an end to this. Like we know that this is going to come to an end eventually. Whereas in mm. 2009, like, geez, I didn't even know if I was going to get cash out of the ATM, you know? Right, and, right. You know, and capital is available not only from the federal government, which has made a whole bunch of you know you know capital immediately available, but you know, I've had six of my clients tell me six this week that they actually got phone calls from their bankers asking them what they could do to help, which wow. is. Yeah, that's the opposite story of what you heard back in 2009, where the banks weren't even answering their phones, let alone proactively calling their customers, you know? And, right. and the other thing is, like, every client that I talk to, you know, they're not holding back spend. They're being told to hold back their spending. You know, like, 
because consumers can't go out and spend because everything's been closed on them. Whereas, you know, in 2009, consumers didn't want to spend because everybody was terrified. Mm. So you just feel like there's this pent up. My clients are like, listen, we're going to do this project. Just like, we're just going to wait a few weeks until things shake out, you know, right. or if right. I've been hired to speak somewhere, I've had 17 speaking engagements reschedule on, wow. you know, for huh. later in the year, but not cancel. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So it's just a different vibe. You ask how my business, that, that's really what, what I'm seeing right now. Right. Right. Well, that's, I'm happy to hear that. It's a little more optimistic than I was expecting. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. So, so let's turn to small businesses nationally. Um, some of them are listening to the show. Uh, how, how have small businesses nationally been act, impacted so far during the crisis? Would well, you say? I can, I can tell you this much. Um, I talk and I, I, I write a lot about small businesses and, and, you know, Gordon, it's like, it's really tough to generalize about small businesses in the U S because mm. There are 30 million of them. And when mm. people ask me, yo, hey, Gene, how are small businesses doing? I'm like, I don't know, man. It depends on where they're located and mm. what industry they're in. And, you know, mm. you know, there's a lot of different factors or how well they're run. Right. So generally, I can say that it ain't great. Uh, you know, everybody is, is experiencing what I'm experiencing right now, which is sort of a freeze in order and projects. So that is scary, uh, particularly because I believe that every business is 90 days away from bankruptcy. Yeah. Um, retailers and merchants, uh, they're really, you know, you know, they're, they're, they're scared and restaurateurs. I mean, it's, that's not great, but no. don't tell anybody though. I mean, there are a lot of small businesses out there that are actually doing pretty good. Like the grocery store for me down the street is like sure. yeah. cashing in. And my wife is a, is she's a tutor. She has a tutoring agency mm -hmm. and like, you know, all these kids are now home from school and parents are going out of their minds. So mm. they're being like double booked to like do online tutoring and tech if you're running like a cleaning firm yeah um tax preparers small yeah. accounting firms they got a big breather you know mortgage brokers with interest rates down at zero so i guess my point is that yeah you could say generally that small businesses are having a hard time right now but you know if you dig deeper into the numbers there are people that profit when things like this happen and i i find that to be sort of an interesting angle right right um, yeah, the, there are some counter cyclical in this particular situation. Like you battled off a bunch of them who are helped. I do feel sorry. I know in uh, my town was walking down main street just the other day and, uh, you know, most of the restaurants are closed and, uh, yeah. you know, they're, they're getting some takeout, but that's about it. Yeah, it's tough. And I got the same thing, you know, in my, you know, my area as well, when you're a restaurant tour and you're, mm. you're closed, it is, it's tough. And I guess we're going to get into this you know, later in our conversation, but I, I have some thoughts on what you can do about that. And because right. I, I kind of feel that. like, you know, when we're all done with all of this, there's a lot of lessons to be learned. Absolutely. So let's, uh, and we will get to, uh, to that after our break. So uh, how, how businesses can adapt. So hopefully people will uh, stay tuned in for that. I do want to first talk about the federal response. I mean, every one of us is probably glued to our smartphone reading you know, news clip by news clip about what the feds are doing to uh, respond and of course how that's impacting the stock market and so forth. So just talking generally, how has the federal response been from your standpoint? Um, I don't feel like it's been enough. Um, and I, I just published a piece in The Hill uh, today, which is getting like a whole bunch of, you know, uh, you know, you know, not backlash, but a lot of conversation. Uh, I mean, Gordon, I got to tell you something. The federal government is trying so hard to keep things going and provide you know, funding for small business. And they're doing good things. I mean, allowing the 
uh, all these loans, disaster recovery loans to get right directly from a small business association. That's a really great thing. You can get up to a $2 million loan, go for it because that, that's good. Um, you know, providing unemployment insurance, um, paid time off, um, you know, that, that, you know, your legislation that excludes businesses with under 50 people. Right. Um, I think all of that tax credits that are being provided for employers, I think all of that is good, but I got to tell you, listen, I mean, maybe, you know, if you're listening to this podcast weeks from now, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but to me, it's like, it's still uncertainty out there. It's not enough to me. You know, I, I feel like the government should shut it all down. I really, right. I've, I, you know, it's been proven that it takes 14 days for the, for the virus to run its course. I say you take three weeks, you, you tell everybody, the airplanes, the, you know, the stock market, the whole company, the whole country, just stay inside for three mm -hmm. weeks, mm -hmm. lock it down, you know, have a specific date as to when we can go back to business and go back to work. And I think that would clear up so much uncertainty among small businesses, because then we would know that once that date comes, you know, we can weather it out until then, and then it's back to business. But right now, what the government is doing for businesses and people, they're trying. But to me, it's just sort of prolonging the uncertainty and it's creating uh, even more issues. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, I do. I totally agree. I, I've heard that said uh, by a number of people. I, I totally agree. At least that would give us certainty about the time frame, about what to expect, about what will happen afterwards. Right. Uh, and, and, and we've all heard these stories um, about people who are not uh, sort of observing the curfew yeah. or observing the, yeah. the lockdown, you know, particularly true or not. I've heard a lot of stories, you know, kids, you, you tend to hear the, you know, millennials going to yeah. bars or the spring, heard the story, spring break, yeah. they were on bourbon street, you know, yeah. all these things. So yeah, I agree. My kid, my, my, I have kids that are in their twenties. They're idiots. I mean, they were out on, <laughs> on St. Patrick's day drinking with all of their friends, you know, downtown. Right. And then you go in, in Philadelphia where we live, if my wife and I took a walk on the, along the river, um, thinking we would be all alone. It's packed with mm. people, mostly people in their twenties. They're jogging and running and biking right. and sneezing all over each other and talking. <laughs> and you know, it's like I, we turned right around and ran back to our apartment because right. it's. I don't think the message is getting through. No. And um, and listen, look. I mean, look, our grandparents and great grandparents. I mean, they fought in world wars and had to send their children to a war. And we're we're being asked to wash our hands and watch Netflix for three weeks. Right. It's that big of a yeah, exactly. ordeal, you know? Right. I want to pick up on a, a couple of things you said just to just to unpack them a little bit more. Um, very interested in what the government's doing through the Small Business Administration and, and yep. uh, the, the Small Business Development Centers, SPDC, I think, plays a role. Yep. The, the question is, if you're a small business and you hear this good news, government's freeing up all these funds, how do you get the money? How do you sure. get, how does it get from Washington to my small business in Philadelphia? And how do you get it fast, right? Yeah, so because yeah. you need it fast. In the past, up until this week, for the most part, if you needed a small business, an SBA, small business administration loan, you had to go to the bank and go through a process, and then the and then the SBA would just approve the loan mm -hmm. uh, or guarantee the loan. Okay. And that would take forever. This is not the case. These loans are coming from another area of the SBA that's reserved for disasters. And the SBA is allowed when there's a disaster area, like a hurricane or a flood, they can actually give loans directly to small businesses. And now the government is part of this, this legislation is saying the SBA can loan money directly to small, but you don't need the middleman. It's going to take a lot less time. So if you literally go to the homepage of the Small Business Administration, sba.gov, 
there is a big link on there to just go and find out more information and apply for a disaster recovery loan. And you can go right on there and apply online. You will be, you will be contacted by the SBA very quickly within 24 to 48 hours. And they are on a fast track for approving the loan and transferring the money into your bank account. And that, I'm telling this to my clients and, and readers that are running, you know, they're merchants, they're, they're restaurateurs saying, okay, you got to, maybe you have to lay off your employees, which by the way, laying off your employees stinks when you know that in a few months, you know, at least in a few months from now, you're, you're going to need them all back. It was just three weeks ago when we couldn't right. find people, you right. know, and now, <laughs> right. You don't want to lay them off. So you say, listen, you know, you go and apply for a loan for the SBA. You will get the money quickly within a few days, even. Um, and that way you can have the money in your account to, to pay the necessary bills. Um, and while I'm on that topic, by the way, people talk about uh, financing their business. Um, and, and you know what, I'll, I'll reserve that for the next segment because I've got some other thoughts on conserving your cash. I'm sorry. Yeah, no problems. That, that, that's great. And I, I, I just want to reinforce because that's a huge point. Uh, if you're listening to this and you have a small business and you think you qualify for small business administration money that the government has freed up to deal with the crisis, as Gene said, go to sba.gov, look for the big link and click. Uh, and provide your information so they can get in contact with you. And, and Gordon, if money. I yeah, if I can even jump in there, the SBA will loan up to two million dollars per business. Wow. And the interest rates are anywhere from two point seven five to three point seven five percent. And the loan terms are up to thirty years to pay them back. And you can prepay. Mm. So consider it a short term thing. You know, get right. the money to pay your immediate bills and then pay it back in a year or six months or whatever or thirty years, uh, right. depending on what you are. It's a really good deal that's out there right now. And, and you should take advantage of it if you need it. You mentioned the employees and I want to, I don't want to you know forget it's not just the business, it's the employees mm -hmm. who work there. And obviously most of the employees in America, I think, work in what we call small businesses, depending on how you define the size of the business. And, sure. you know, many, many small businesses are going to have to lay off or furlough employees and people are going to be without work or at least without income uh, for, we don't know how long, but it's going to be a while. Um, what do they do? What, what, what do people do, especially if they don't have a lot of savings? Well, that's a whole other issue about not having a lot of savings. And we can, <laughs> again, that's another topic I can wag my finger at, you know, mm. but listen, um, if, if you're laid off um, as an employee, there, there are some other options. First of all, um, there's enhanced unemployment benefits based on this new legislation that you can get. Mm. Um, depending on the size of your employer, uh, the, the legislation is requiring employers to provide um, paid time off under the Family you know, Medical and Leave Act or uh, paid vacation time that could be due to you. So that could be money that's, that's there as well. Uh, then you have to look around at, you know, at businesses that may be needing the help. I mean, Amazon just announced that they're looking for 100,000 more people mm -hmm. to work in their warehouses and delivery right. because obviously there's such a big demand. And, and you also have to look at the areas that are um, some of these businesses that I mentioned before that are really kind of doing well. I have a, a neighbor of mine that lives in my apartment building. Her son works for a pharmaceutical company unrelated to these kinds of things. They, they had a, like a furloughed some of their workers. This guy is working at, at, at our grocery store down yep. the street because yep. um, he's making extra money, you know, for doing that. I mean, yep. your cleaning companies need help. I mean, you know, roll up right. your sleeves, delivery companies, you know, yep. even you know, people, the, the manufacturers that are making, you know, ventilators or providing, mm -hmm. you know, essential services. All of these companies are in huge demand. They, mm -hmm. they have a, the opposite problem, too much work to do. Right. And they're looking for people to help out or, you know, work for Uber Eats and, and deliver. Right. 
Uh, right. But those, uh, yeah. yeah. So, so the even if those aren't your dream job or your full time job for the next thirty years, right. it may be a great way to tide you over between working at the company that you love and you know getting laid off and then hopefully being rehired once things settle down. You got to pay the bills. Yeah, exactly. Um, one last thing on this, and then we're going to have a break, and then we're going to come back and talk about adaptation. The question was for these small businesses who are having to pay this sick leave. I know that was a piece we all read about in right. this government met legislation. Is that is that too onerous? Like for the spot, I think you said under 50 are exempted. Correct. So if I'm a business with 60 employees, I'm now having to pay how many weeks of sick leave because of coronavirus if I'm shutting my doors? Right. So there's sick leave and then there's 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 time off if you actually have the coronavirus. So mm -hmm. if somebody needs uh, sick leave, um, you know, to uh, you, the, the, you're required to pay up to two thirds with the cap. I think it's five hundred eleven dollars a day um, of sick leave to get, you know, for people that are that are off. You might be required to to provide up to twelve weeks of paid time off wow. um, for for those employees that are that either have coronavirus or are looking after, uh, you know, their family members that have it as well. So that is a burden for employers that are more than 50 employees. And, you know, it's, although it's easy to say that, you know, companies under, you know, under 50 are small businesses, but I mean, come on. I mean, if you have 60 employees, 70 employees, you're still a very small business. Mm -hmm. And that is, that's absolutely a specific burden. The only thing that, you know, you could do to, to help against that is number one, to help pay for that. You do get a refundable tax credit back from the government. Mm. So, you're going to have to wait to get that back. But there are companies that will help finance that for you in advance. Mm. If you want to talk to some online lenders like Cabbage or Lending Club or Funding Circle, that's the kind of stuff those guys do. Um, and the other thing is, again, it kind of gets back to getting financing from uh, you know, like the government, from SBA loans. Mm. There's other financing that's available out there. If you, depending on the state that you're located in, look at your state, go to your state's website, and see what resources they're providing for businesses for the coronavirus. Many of them have been setting up funds um, and, and special loan programs and even grants to help local businesses. And then also look for um, companies that are getting involved in this. Facebook, for example, just started a huge campaign, like $100 million are given to small businesses. And I think Morgan Stanley was going to be doing something similar. So if you Google around, you'll see that a lot of companies that are out there are offering some help with, uh, you know, with, with, with funding. And that's the kind of thing that you're, you know, they're, they're happy to do that. It's good PR for those companies. And right. a lot of those companies really do sympathize with, you know, what we're going through right now. Right. Right. Uh, speaking of that, I, I did just see another interesting uh, uh, contribution. Uh, Zoom, the video conference company uh, is offering uh, free Zoom, I guess, to yes. kids all over the country, K through 12 which really seems like a brilliant move because it'll uh, end up bringing those kids to them as customers in the future, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is, I mean for those companies, they are crushing it. I mean, Zoom is, but not just Zoom, Microsoft Teams, mm -hmm. uh, Google is offering deals, uh, you know, all the companies, Slack, uh, th this is a huge opportunity for them. And, right. you know, they're offering, you're right, free licenses to small mm -hmm. businesses and individuals because, mm -hmm. you know, once you got them in, you know, people realize how good it is. They start paying eventually. Right. So you're absolutely right, right to bring that up. Right. Um, great. Well, we're going to take a quick break uh, here from our sponsor and we'll be right back. And we're going to talk then about how small businesses should or can uh, adapt to this new environment. 
This episode of Winning on Main Street is brought to you by Thrive, the end-to-end client experience platform that includes everything small business owners need to meet their customers' expectations. Thrive's award-winning and fully mobile interface delivers technology previously reserved for big business to the fingertips of small business owners nationwide. Thrive's built specifically for small business, but there's nothing small about what it can do. Thrive handles your entire customer experience, helping business owners reach more customers, stay organized, get paid faster, and generate online reviews, all from a single device or screen. To learn more about Thrive, visit winningonmainstreet.com and click on Get a Demo. When it comes to software to run your business, there's no comparison. Check out Thrive today. Okay, we're back with Gene Marks, uh, who's speaking to us from Philadelphia about the state of small business in the age of coronavirus and sharing some fascinating information. The about, empty city, uh, the empty city of Philadelphia right now. <laughs> right, roll a bowling ball down Main Street. <laughs> Literally. Did you see the pictures of like Times Square? Uh, oh. This. It, Right? It was like something out of I Am Legend. You know what I mean? It was empty. It is. Yeah, Crazy. it's a Stephen King novel. It really is. So um, I wanted to talk to you about how businesses either can or should uh, adapt. Um, yeah. You know, we talked a little bit about some of the businesses that may be doing better uh, due to these times. Obviously, cleaning services is an example. Um, you know, I was thinking about restaurants with takeout food, and uh, I just got an email from the gym I go to, which is now closed, uh, and they're going to do these online virtual classes. So I guess in your Smart. basement, you can do the workouts while you're looking at some teacher who's on your screen. Yeah. So how? give us some thoughts about how businesses should begin to think about adapting uh, when suddenly slammed with this crazy thing. You know, you just put this idea in my mind. I should buy some Peloton stock, right? Yeah, yeah Peloton. <laughs> can you imagine how much of those guys are doing great? Yep. You know, look, I think... First of all, I can tell you one thing. I you know, try you know, optimistically because this will end at yeah. some point. The companies and the businesses that emerge from this are going to emerge smarter and better because of this experience. Mm-hmm. And some businesses may not emerge, and you can call it Darwinism or whatever you want. But sometimes businesses aren't, you know, they aren't prepared to do this. You know, it's like Gordon. I uh, th- this this answers your question. I mean, I, I have a client um, that also located in, in Philadelphia, in Roxborough. And um, the guy, he's like a 60-year-old guy. He's run a construction company with about 80 workers. Um, they do construction and drywall. And he's done it for, you know, basically his entire life. The guy works out of his basement. I had been with him when he was doing incredibly well. And I've been with him during recessions. That he drives, he drives a used car. You know, he lives a comfortable life. He's like Warren Buffett. You know what I mean? Like he uh-huh. goes to McDonald's twice a week. He, <laughs> right? He's like, and he's a nice guy. And he's he has, you know, because we do like his financial work. The guy's got a lot of money in the bank, right? And he always told me, told me years ago. He said, "Listen, you know, things are never as good as they seem, and mm-hmm. things are never as bad as they seem." Which is why I always keep cash in the bank, a mm-hmm. lot of cash in the bank, right? Uh, liquid, so that he can get access to it and. I can't tell you how many times that lesson has been repeated by some really smart business owners, way smarter than me, mm. that are my clients and my readers that have said, you know, in the end, it's all about cash. Mm. And those smart people have kept four to six months of cash, mm. liquid, available cash, you know, either in the bank or in a money market account or available with credit. And I think when we come out of this, I think 
you know, the people that will navigate their way through this, they had cash reserves because they had some great years in the past. And, you know, that's great, but they know that they need to have some reserves on account for stuff like this that happens. And I think a lot of business owners will walk out of this and say, I, I learned my lesson. I'm going to make sure I'm not going to be so crazy with my cash next time because I don't want this to ever happen to me again. So cash, 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 very, very important to have that on, you know, on hand. That doesn't help you right now if you didn't, if you don't have cash on hand, you know yeah. I mean? Right. I mean, you know, it's nice to finish, you know, you can be like, okay, listen, I, I get it. If I survive this, I'm going to make sure I change. But right now, what do I do? So a couple of bits of advice, I mean, you know, about cash. Number one is, again, you need financing. This is a short-term thing. We talked earlier in the last segment about the SBA and going to larger companies and all that. One other way is, you know, you've got to be draconian in your, your expenses and your payments. So people talk about with small businesses, Gordon, like, oh, you should support, go out and buy. You can't rely on people coming out of ch giving you charity. You know what I mean? Like buying three pizzas when they only need two mm. because they feel sorry for you. I mean, that's not going to last very long. What you should be doing is go into your suppliers and your vendors, particularly your larger ones. When I mean your larger ones, I mean like Verizon and Comcast and your utility company and whatever. And you should be like, we're a small business, we're in trouble, and we need to defer our payments for 60 days or 90 days. You will be very pleasantly surprised with the response that you get from those large companies because they get it. Uh, they, uh, you know, I'm reading, I've talked to people and officials at those companies. They're sympathetic to their small business customers. They don't want the bad PR of being like the evil landlord coming down on Main Street America. And they are very willing to talk about deferring payments and giving you a break and uh, waiting until this thing passes by. So immediately draw up a list of your largest vendors and suppliers um, and start talking to them about not that you're going to, you know, not pay your debts, but you need time because this is a special circumstance. And I, and I think that you will get, you know, you know, you know, help. Number two, you need to educate yourself on the new legislation from the federal government, whether it's paid time off, new unemployment benefits, free testing, and then you need to educate your employees. So even if you are furloughing them or laying them off, you need to help them understand where to go for help from the federal government, how to make it so they can make it and get through all this because you want them to not only be grateful to you, but also to be willing to come on, ready to come back to work once you get back to work. You don't want to lose these people. So it's kind of two things that you want to juggle. Very, very important things to do. And finally, you know, um, you're going to learn that, you know, to leverage um, all these technologies, if you're a B2B company, at least, um, that you should have probably leveraged 10 years ago, which is all the stuff you and I are talking about, Zoom mm -hmm. and, you know, Microsoft Office and, you know, a go to my PC and go or go to webinar and all these different, you know, online cloud-based, you know, um, um, technologies that you can be using for your employees to work from home. You're going to come out of this thing saying, yeah, man, I should have done this a while ago. This is great. Right. right. And, and all these millennial employees that have been demanding work from home and mobile tech and, you know, all that, you're going to be like, they're right. You know what I mean? I'm going to give it to them now. I've learned my lesson. So embrace it and use it because I think it will benefit you in the long term. Yeah, excellent points. And, you know, I want to maybe give a little plug, but also um, a lesson uh, for our, our sponsor, Thrive. Thrive builds software for small businesses, help them automate and modernize, uh, right. communicate better through the smartphone, uh, helps 
small businesses, you know, book appointments, do online payments, uh, email marketing, send reminders and notifications so they can communicate with their consumers through their smartphone, which is where we all live today. And the, the message in the past from a company like Thrive, and you mentioned several similar companies you work for, both big and small business oriented, message in the past was, you know, people are living on their smartphones and you need to communicate with people the way they want to today. And that and that made sense. And I think a lot of businesses get it. Well, now it's sort of even another layer to that, which is not only people living on their smartphones, people don't want to see you. They don't want to see people in person. They're sheltering in place. They, they're going to be very reluctant to have face-to-face meetings. So you have to be able to communicate virtually. If you don't, you know, how are you going to communicate? And so getting now is a really good time. You have a little extra time on your hands. Now is a really good time to, 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 to learn how to use this type of software. And many of it, you can, you know, the entry price points are fairly modest. And even though it may feel like, gosh, I don't have the cash to your earlier point, it will enable you to emerge stronger. No doubt it will. And, you know, it's funny, you and I could have had this conversation six months ago and people listening you know, if you're a listener, you're like, yeah, it sounds like a good idea. I'm going to try and get around to it. Right. You know, okay. But now it's it's suddenly like top of yeah. mind. It's the first yeah. part. <laughs> right. You are being forced to do this now. But like any good medicine, I think it's it's for the long term good for your business. So it's, and we're going to see a lot of business owners. Real, they're going to realize about managing their cash better, having reserves. You know, using the right technology. All that stuff is going to be very very important. Right. Right. Oh, one final thing before I even leave, before, before I let you go, and I don't want to go too far over, but yeah. th- another lesson from this thing, um, and that was a lesson that we were starting to be learning a year ago with all the trade war stuff is mm. you got to diversify, Diversify. right? Yeah. I mean, you can't just have that one supplier in China that you're relying on for your entire business. Like that model really has a lot of risks to it. And you're seeing that right now. So, you know, you've got to have, you know, backup and alternative suppliers, and you've also got to be selling through different channels and different markets. And, you know, my, my business has 600 small and medium-sized companies. Um, if, if 80% of them are happy, then I'm happy <laughs> because you're never going to make them all happy. Plus, it's small businesses, so we're all crazy. You know, and, but I think to myself, like, you know, if I, if I lose a customer or if somebody is unhappy with this, for whatever the reason, right. I, I'm pretty diverse. Like I right. other, so I'm very relieved about that. And yep. um, you can't be too reliant on that one customer or that one supplier, wherever they are. Because uh, stuff like this happens, and it could really put you out of business. Yeah, I, I think that lesson's been learned certainly now by bigger businesses that do, you know, tons of sourcing out yeah. of, you know, China or other parts of Asia that they need to diversify. Um, like you said, it used a couple of months ago it was trade wars. Now it's coronavirus, so you you, you really can't be uh, have all your eggs in one basket. Well, listen, uh, this has been awesome. Uh, we've been speaking with small business expert, Gene Marks. Thank you again, Gene, for your time today. Thank you, Gordon. It was a pleasure being on. Our American economy is built upon great entrepreneurs like Gene. Uh, we appreciate their time sharing part of their story with us here on Winning on Main Street. Tune in next episode for more insights with another great entrepreneur. For now, this is your host, Gordon Henry, signing off. Mm-hmm.